Hello and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by yours truly, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for tuning in again this hopefully lovely Tuesday morning when you're listening to this as soon as it drops into your podcast feed. Of course, that's what you're doing. Why would it be any other way? (laughs) That's your friendly reminder to subscribe to the podcast and the episodes will automatically download into your favorite podcast player every Tuesday morning when the episodes release. Also, if you're so interested, join us over in the Facebook group. Um, I'll be honest, the action isn't crazy right now, but we could certainly get there. Um, the Facebook group is called Illuminati, the Light Files podcast. You can just search for the Light Files podcast on Facebook and find it. And um, if you're a member of one of our other LSA groups, you'll be able to join right away or um, just request to join and I'll let you in. Um, but speaking of the podcast group, um, I recently did an episode on social media strategy and whether your strategy is working or not. And, um, you know, just giving some thought on how the social media marketing part of our businesses are working. And I got a really thoughtful and well-written, just, I thought a super informative response from Cole Smanko. If you don't know Cole, he does, uh, vintage, uh, fans, Mm, vintage fans and more. And he has a wonderful YouTube channel. You should go check that out. Um, And he talks everything fans as the title uh, gives it away. A lot of them are vintage fans. There's some really, really cool, interesting information, especially if you're a lighting or fan nerd. Um, There's just some really, really neat things that he does and explains and highlights with fans, Um, some old product, some new product. So he's really terrific at this and has built a really great uh, online community and following. So he commented in the podcast Facebook group. And so I'm going to kind of read some of what he said because I just thought it was great follow-up. He said that... It does, the challenge with social media is because it, it does become a grind, right? Like you're trying to find the right algorithm to reach the people you want. And instead of, you know, you don't want your content to just be monotonous and you're going through the motions, you want it to be, you know, engaging. And he said, and I think this is probably really accurate, that social media offers a creative outlet and that's what it should be. He said, ask anyone making a living this way and they'll tell you how real the burnout can be. And on no specific timeline, it truly is okay to step back, whether it's to workshop or simply recharge the batteries. And I do think that is something that is really key to think about with your social media uh, marketing, that it is intended to be a creative outlet. And if you can focus your energy to do fewer, more refined ideas than to just you know, have engagement for meeting some statistical requirement, your, your connection with your audience is going to be deeper and better. 
And that is really what you're aiming for, right? Like you want to have a solid, deep connection with your core audience. And if the more planning and even posting less, but having better posts, like quality over quantity can be super useful for social media. And he said he's been doing social media for almost 15 years and he's been all over the board the past year. He hasn't been able to do as much as he's done in other times. Um, but he said, you know, if you just go at it so hard that you fizzle out, it can't be sustained. So to just really focus on your content and who you intend to reach with it. And everything else will kind of fall in place if you have the person, the, the vision in your mind of what that content is for and who it is intended to reach. And I don't know that many of us give enough thought to that, uh, really thinking about who, who is going to read this? Who do I want this message to reach? What's important for me to communicate to them? And the more you can keep that in mind with social media marketing or any kind of marketing, the more effective, of course, it's going to be. So I thought that was just really, really insightful and helpful. Um, so that was that's our, the first of our light file this week. The second light file I want to talk about is stemming from a call I recently had with a group of, um, it's actually some of the showroom of the year 2022 winners. The the call was put together by Diane Falvey from Furniture Lighting and Decor. And I won't go into too many details other than we had this call and I ended up on a mini soapbox. And as I was going off on my little soapbox rant, I realized, oh, this is a podcast topic. So here we are. And one of the things we were talking about was how to increase engagement across lighting showrooms. Like there's so many great lighting showrooms. There's so many great, let me rephrase. There's so many great independent lighting showrooms in the United States and Canada that are doing some really innovative, interesting things that are thinking outside the box, that are being creative, that are growing their sales, that are finding success in a time in times that are constantly changing and trying to evolve and keep up and all of that. And there are definitely people who are making this happen, some better than others, um, some in sort of unusual strategies, but there are definitely people all over that are making amazing things happen in their businesses. And in our lighting industry, we do not have enough, in my opinion, cross-pollination of ideas and concepts and suggestions. We operate in this very siloed world, and I am tired of the silos. And I think a lot of us in showrooms are also tired of the silos, these little islands that we're put on, and we're like told to just focus on our own business and don't worry about what's going on around you. Just focus on your own business. Don't, you know, don't mind the man behind the curtain. Don't complain about the things that they're doing. Just focus on your own business. And that's how we're supposed to operate. Well, I have to say, that's not good. It doesn't work. It doesn't lead to success. I'm over it. Let's stop it. Let's stop it right now. (laughs) I'm tired of the silos. I'm not saying 
anything more than I think there should be a much more encouraged collaborative atmosphere in our industry. Look, we are the perfect industry for it. We're so boutique. We're so small in so many ways, especially in terms of the number of people in our industry. Like it's not a massive number. We are we all know each other in so many, like if you've been doing this for any length of time, you know a lot of the key players in the industry. That's one of the things I absolutely love and adore about the lighting and fan and electrical device industry is just how small and boutique and friendly it is. And I, I love it. So we are perfectly set up to be far more collaborative than we are. We do not have to operate as independent island, 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 island. We can all come together and link up and find better ways to share information, to discuss ideas and concepts, to highlight good things that someone else is doing that, okay, maybe I can't do it quite the way that this showroom does, but I can take that idea and, you know, tweak it and make my own showroom better. Like y'all know, I believe that competition is good for us. Now, of course I own a business and I don't want the business right across the street from me to be like doing tricky things to undercut me. But past that, I think we, we learn and we grow and we do better by seeing other people's uh, success and trying to, to not piggyback on their success, but to um, find our own way to create that success in our own spaces. So I feel like I'm speaking kind of vaguely, but what I mean is like, um, you know, maybe showroom X does their displays in this really particular way and they make things very avant-garde and they make things very contemporary and conversation pieces and they style it not with just lighting but with uh, home accents decor furniture and they they do a whole thing okay so and maybe show you go into showroom x and they tell you this was the best decision we ever made displaying product like this it's been so successful for us, you know, that we have the return, we can show how this has been useful for us. Okay, and maybe that showroom is in a market area that that does edge more contemporary, more modern. And maybe I go in there and I say, okay, great, that's actually really useful to know. Maybe in my market area, I couldn't do the avant-garde contemporary modern display, but if what I'm hearing is that this well-staged vignette of light fixtures, fans, home decor, accents, oh, what manufacturer is that? That's a really cool piece where, um, oh, I didn't know I could sell, um, you know, potted orchids or whatever, um, getting these ideas from another uh, showroom and putting the the twist, putting the stamp on it that resonates with your customers and your market is so informative and helpful. And so this really kind of goes back to what I was saying with the social media strategy. Like there's all these great ideas out in our marketplace um, and we just have to go and 
talk to each other, get some advice, get some input, and then take those ideas, bring them back to our own unique store and our marketplace and our customers, and put the spin on it, put the stamp on it that is going to resonate with our particular customer base and their needs and their wants. And we just do not do enough of that, in my opinion. If you just think about the amount of data that is available to our manufacturer partners about their distribution and the products that they are distributing into different market areas, whether it's via brick and mortar showrooms or online retail, um, you know, drop ships, whatever the case may be, the manufacturers all of them have stockpiles of useful data that I would love to get my hands on. I want to know the best sellers in my market. I want to know the best styles. I want to know, and I don't mean in my specific, like I'll even give it the whole Southeast. You don't even have to give it to me for my little corner of Georgia and South Carolina, but give it to me for the Southeast or whatever, the state of Georgia, whatever it is, whatever um, way to slice the data that makes the most sense. But that information is so useful and so helpful. And if I could get that from all sorts of different sources, my my purchasing would be better. My displays would be better. And, and I also think it would be useful to get data from like maybe a similar market to mine that isn't in the Southeast, but maybe somebody else that is in a warm coastal environment where there's a lot of like beachy vibes or farmhouse vibes, or even, I don't know, I'm making this up. I don't know whether it's true or not, but maybe uh, we have a lot in um, Savannah, Georgia, that's related to what's going on in Cleveland, Ohio, because they're also on a big body of water, coastal vibes, whatever. I'm just making that up. I don't really know. <laughs> but I, my point being that I would love to know about products that are successful and maybe not just in my geographic area, but in other places that where trends are similar to mine and to see what products and styling and accessory pieces are really moving well in those markets and to help, help me identify things I might just simply have overlooked as, um, as value as valuable products for me to sell and display in my store. Um, because I, I, the longer I own a business and run it and do all the things, (laughs) the more I realize I don't actually know anything (laughs) that sounds dramatic. I know a lot of things. There's a lot of knowledge collecting in my brain, but just as soon as I'm sure I've got something down, something else inevitably happens. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's a new challenge. Here's a new thing to learn. Wasn't expecting that. It happens all the time. And we have so much capacity to learn and grow and do better and succeed more by getting out of our silos and examining data, uh, talking with one another, collaborating a bit more with our colleagues in the industry, not just, you know, the sales rep that you're allowed to talk to and maybe the sales manager, but how about um, other showrooms that maybe aren't, you know, let's like, let's not go crazy here. Let's keep it, uh, non-competing showrooms, like in different parts of the country, or even just, you know, definitely outside, far enough outside of your market area that you're not like directly competing. 
why not put more of those showrooms together to, um, let's say, make a market appointment together um, or have an event together or, you know, um, sales manager X meets this showroom and that showroom and they're on opposite ends of the country or one of them's in the middle of the country and the other's on a coast, whatever. Um, but just that sales manager realizes in talking to those showrooms that they're really hitting a lot of the similar uh, customers. They have a lot of the same practices in place. Maybe just introducing those two business owners or managers. Um, hey, I, you know, whether y'all, you know, keep talking or not, I just think you two have a lot in common in terms of how your businesses are operating. Just wanted to make an introduction in case, you know, you wanted to learn more from one another. Um, cool, sign me up for that all day long. And that is absolutely something that's important to us in the Lighting Showroom Association is that we're able to um, be a networking resource that we're able to like uh, communicate with one another. That's literally the reason for this podcast <laughs> is to encourage the seeds of collaborative um, engagement of sharing knowledge instead of just thinking or feeling like you have to be marooned on that island all by yourself and there's really no choice. And if you can't figure it out for yourself, you're never going to figure it out because that's not the case. We have so much information and ability to share with one another and we really need to be doing it. We really need to encourage communication between showrooms. Uh, and I guess the fear is, is uh, well, we don't want them talking about this sales program or that sales program and whatever. Okay, fine. But, um, you know, if your sales program is done in a way that makes sense that, you know, here's why it was done this way for customer X and isn't done that way for customer Y, um, as long as all that is like on the up and up, I don't particularly see where it matters. I'm fully aware of my own purchasing power and I'm fully aware that other people are going to have more purchasing power than I do. <laughs> and I understand that that means different things. And I think a lot of us, uh, would also, um, understand that. I just think we're really missing a lot of opportunities as an industry, again, because we are so small and friendly and collegial. I think there are a lot of missed opportunities in terms of a sharing with one another and helping to quote unquote evolve and grow stronger as a whole industry and as individual businesses as well, right? Because that's the key here. That's really what this is all about. Then my whole point of this whole episode is if we could just find ways to be a bit more collaborative, to share the kinds of information that are appropriate to share, of course, you know, of course, we're all smart enough to know that there's some information that's probably not necessarily appropriate to share and will vary greatly by the state that you live in. But set that aside. Things, there are still a million things we could talk about in terms of showroom operations and displays and giveaways and in-store events and how you reach out to customers and how you do your marketing. And there's so many things that we could all talk about and collaborate on that doesn't threaten one another and that the more sharing of ideas around these concepts, the more sharing of ideas we have, the stronger we all become. That is the point. 
I want us all to become stronger distribution partners. I want the brick and mortar to really start capturing all of the business that is available to us because so many of us understand that showrooms are not going away. We are good. We are positive. We have a great place in the world that we are needed. So many customers want the experience of going to the showroom and getting expert advice. This isn't something that's going to go away. And we really need to all be leaning into that. Not just us as showrooms, but everyone else who partners with us in our industry. We are the longest, the oldest running distribution channel for these products. And I think it would behoove us all to all remember that. Showrooms, remember your worth. (laughs) Manufacturers, remember who your original partners are and how we are there every day to support and promote and sell your goods and lead to successful outcomes for all of us. I just think... We need to, to break down the walls of the silos. You know, we need to, <laughs> we need to like knock down the fence. Sorry, I chuckled because I was thinking of the, you know, the home improvement show with the Tim, the Toolman Taylor and the guy over the fence, whatever his name was. I want to say Wilson, but I'm probably conflating two things. But anyway, um, <laughs> like let's break down that fence where you can only see his eyes over it, you know? Or the top of his hat or whatever it was. Um, let's break that down. Let's let's find ways to strategically engage. And, and no, you don't have to share all the details. This isn't going to be something for everyone. But for those of us that are interest, interested in this, um, the idea of engaging with like-minded people in businesses like mine that have some great ideas that are trying to move their business forward. That's what I mean by like-minded. We don't have to be coming at it from the same way. I just mean people that are as engaged as I am in wanting to improve their business um, because they're going to have great ideas that I probably didn't think of. And maybe they have a bigger budget that I can't match in terms of marketing dollars. Um, that's fine. It gives me something to aspire to. Or maybe there's someone that has an even smaller budget than me that's been able to put together a program that is really enviable um, and is something I could start doing right away um, if only we just, you know, knew the right steps to take or got a little inspiration. I just think the possibilities are truly endless. And I would like us to get off our islands, get out of the silos, get off the islands, whatever metaphor you prefer, and uh, let's all start engaging ever more with each other. There is so much to learn and so much we can collaborate on and make us all stronger and better at what we do and what we love to do every single day. All right, y'all, that's it for this one. I'll talk to you next time. Take care.